Join us if you dare. It's movie night at your drive-in of terror. Each week, you'll hear about one campy movie for a laugh. One terrifying feature sure to scare your pants off. And one kid-friendly scare for the little ones. Or not-so-little ones, needing a little less terror. The show's about to start. Get comfy and sit down in front. Oh, and one more thing. This episode contains spoilers. Consider yourself warm. Enjoy the show, if you're brave enough. Take it away, Tom. Hi guys, I'm Tom, here with my good friend Shay, and we'd like you to pull on into our Driving a Terror for the Season 2 finale. Crazy, we're already at our Season 2 finale of the Scare Your Pants Off, it's Movie Night Podcast. In tonight's episode, our fright-filled feature, and only feature, is going to be Jaws. So, grab the snacks and we'll kill the lights. So, how you doing today, Shay? Really good. I can't I can't wrap my head around how we're at the finale already. And also, welcome back. We're very happy to have you back. Thank you. Yes, because, yeah, I had to, just a lot going on with family and work at my house and everything like that. So, and thank you to Eric for stepping in and, um, doing, you know, doing an awesome job and everything like that. I really appreciate it. I never want to miss an episode, but it was just... Life got tough for a minute, so yeah. it's very much, very much appreciated. And um, yes, I'm so happy to be back and talking about Jaws and just uh, and catching up with you because I feel like we haven't really caught up in a while and stuff. So I, this is yeah. gonna be fun. So what's new? Absolutely. Um. So not a lot of new stuff. I feel like I wanna. I think we should address the next episode and then what will follow the next episode a little bit so the next episode is going to be a very special episode and i will tell you going into it right now that tom has no idea what the story is about but i have crafted a story and um i have i i'm utilizing some of our very own voice actors uh, tom obviously and uh my son blue and my fiance eric are all going to be part of the story i'm going to have a very small part of the story but um my part is my favorite part of the story because i'm selfish (laughs) and um it's going to kind of our goal here is we're gonna try to pull off like an old time horror radio show so it's probably going to be awful but i hope it's not going to be awful and uh, after that, we're going to pick up season three. And I am, uh, you know, we are currently getting the cryptic camper ready for the road again. And I can't wait. Yes, I can't wait for both. I'm so excited. I'm such a big fan of, and like I said, like she said, in our heads, it's going to be this awesome old, old timey radio show style, War of the World style, stuff like that. Um, but. We'll see, uh, see, see how it comes. But I'm sure, I'm sure the story itself is awesome. I'm not worried about that. It's more like the other stuff. But um, yeah, so I'm excited. And then how I, it's like you know, we took a break from our road trip, and uh, which was good because it was you know, it, you know, we did half the country, and it was it was getting long and everything. But 
now I feel so rejuvenated for that. So I can't wait to get back into that as well. That's going to be fun and talking to cryptids and all that good stuff. So yeah, can't wait for that stuff. Cannot wait. You're going to be good. Have you, uh, have you watched anything good? Have you done anything fun? Is What's going on in your life, Tom? Um, like I said, I work a lot and, uh, <laughs> you know, and been doing a lot of, a lot of work at my house, but it's, uh, it's like 99.8, 99.9, somewhere in the percent done. So I haven't done a ton of fun stuff. Um, you know, just watching, watching my shows and, um, like a new season of Schmigadoon on Apple TV, uh, which is good. Uh, I'm holding off right now because I'm going to sign up for the free month of Showtime. I have not even, I have not read, I've been avoiding spoilers. Yellow Jackets, one of my favorite shows. I can't wait. I, I think it, I, basically, I think what I'm going to subscribe for the free month once it gets to episodes five or six. And then, you know, that way they'll come out. And I'll still see it and get my free month and everything like that. Um, because that is one of my favorites. Uh, can't wait. I saw a cocaine beers on Peacock. I still haven't seen it, but I cannot wait. Oh, it looks like you watched it. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you. If, if Cocaine Bear came out a year ago, it it would have been one of the first campy ones I picked, so you didn't get it because I would have wanted so bad to talk about it. It is, it I had, I don't even know what my expectations were going into it because I don't think I had any because I didn't know what to expect. Obviously, it's like loosely based on a true story. They also did release the true story, obviously. Um, but I really didn't know what to expect. And then I'm seeing the cast and I really, really don't know what to expect them because there's such an odd mix of people in this movie. And I, you know, they're all enjoyable people, but I, I will tell you right now, watch that as soon as you possibly can, because you will not be disappointed. And you're going to agree with me that you, you would have, I forget which one of us picked the campy first, but I guarantee you this would have been up there on the first ones that we picked because we both would have wanted to talk about it, so. Oh, that's, oh, now you got me super excited. I was already excited, but, but now I'm really excited. I'm going to have to watch that tonight when I get home or uh, or tomorrow. I'm definitely going to watch it this weekend after I catch up on my shows there because, oh, oh, yes, I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. What about you? You watch anything but aside from cocaine beer? You, uh, you watching anything good? So a couple of things. And so I, I started watching The Shining Girls on Apple, and it is, I went into it a little cautious because I, I struggled to watch some things. And this is, uh, this was, uh, you know, following a, a woman after her life after an attack, which I don't always do great with the attack parts of it for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't super graphic. And I'm telling you, from the second I started watching it, and I'm almost done with it now. I, I, when I'm not watching this show, I'm thinking about this show. It is so, so interesting. But I started watching something else, and I made a mistake when I started watching it. And not for the reason you're going to think I made a mistake, but I started watching a show also on Apple called The Last Thing He Said to Me, and it has Jennifer Garner in it, and I love her. But 
the problem I'm having with the show is it's released on Fridays. I would have waited until it was all released so I could binge it because now I find myself Saturday through Thursday going nuts waiting for the show to come out because I can't wait to watch it. And it is, and it's so interesting. So like I said, uh, Jennifer Garner's in it. Uh, the guy, I can't remember his name, but the guy who played Jamie Lannister in um, Game of Thrones uh, is in it. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of, it, it, it's a pretty tough name to say, I think anyway, uh, isn't it? Uh, so, oh, I mean, I have, I, I've seen people. a preview for it. So, yeah. or a trailer for it or whatever. So, okay. I um, wrote down Shining Girls, the last thing he said to me. Um. I had just, oh, before I, so I watched on Paramount Plus, I don't know if you did, called School Spirits. And no. a girl, she's murdered at her school, and now her ghost, is, she's in the school. She At first, she doesn't even realize what happened. She's just like, you know, she's a ghost and doesn't really realize it, and she's walking around the school, and then she finds that there's a bunch of other ghosts within the school, that the people who have died at the school or that were part of the school, and... She's um, trying to basically this first trying to solve her murder, um, uh, you know, figure out what it was. It's not the best. It's got the blonde girl from Cobra Kai that she was on, like part of uh, Cobra Kai. She was the bad, you know, the the evil girl supposedly, and then kind of came over to the you know, the good side in the, in the most recent season and stuff. She was the, the, uh, the main girl that wasn't Ralph much, the Karate Kid's daughter. So, and uh, she's very good in it. And it's, like I said, it's not the best show, but I like stuff like that. You know, look at ghost stuff and stuff. So, yeah, Paramount Plus, pretty decent. It's decent. I'm going to check that out for sure. I'm writing it down now. Super excited to see that. Um, I love stuff like that. I, I love I love that whole. I, I love the lighter paranormal stuff because it's 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 kind of goofy, but it's yeah, it's still something to love, you know. Yeah, just like uh, that show Ghosts with uh, the girl there. You know, Ghosts on uh, there. Uh, I love it. It, it, it just it's silly show. sitcom and everything like that. And I watched some of the British. The Brit it's a di very different feel in the British version. Very, very good. It's it, but it's a sort of it, it's like the Americans much lighter feel to it. Um, so, uh, but yeah, and I love her, Rose McIver. There, she's great. She's uh, she's so likable. It's just it's crazy. But very yeah, I agree. Very the light, the lighthearted supernatural stuff is fun. So, all right, well. Should we talk a little Jaws? Those brave souls are ready for a fright. It's time for the feature. I cannot wait. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll start here and just give uh, a few facts and a and a and a brief synopsis, and then we'll get into the real fun stuff. So. Today we're talking about the 1975 American thriller film Jaws, which was directed by Steven Spielberg and uh, based on the 1974 novel by Peter Benchley. It stars Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfuss, Lorraine Gary, and Murray Hamilton. Awesome cast there. 
It was made on a budget of $9 million, which was quite a bit at the time. Um, you know, this is 1974, and, you know, that's, we hadn't really gotten into the blockbuster movies and the $100 million movies, so that, that was a good chunk of change, but it went on to gross, and when I say this number, this also includes, like, re-releases, because it gets, like, not a full release, but on some anniversaries, it'll get, like, a, you know, like a 20... 20th and the 10th it'll get like a, a small re-release and you know maybe 20 or 50 theaters or something like that and uh so it has gone on just at the box office and this does not include uh you know what we have now dvd blu-ray vhs 476.5 million dollars it was at the time, it, it became the highest grossing film uh, until Star Wars. I mean, it was just, it was huge. This basically, this basically started that summer blockbuster where it's a big action or thriller or some film. This is basically where it started. Um, and uh, yeah, I just find that really interesting. It was released on over... Um, 450 screens and then even more after that and that was just unheard of at the time like for example godfather which was the the highest grossing previous to this in its first week i think they said it was only released in 10 theaters or something like that and then in the second it went up to 50 and then third week they did a lot different back then it was like i said the summer blockbuster hadn't really become a thing yet so um this was just, yeah, this was the epitome of, uh, or, or the, the start, I shouldn't say epitome, this is the start, or the genesis of the summer blockbuster film. Um, so I'm, I'll give a little, a, a pretty brief synopsis here. I, like I say, if you're a fan of ours, and you, watch, you listen to our shows and stuff, you've seen this film, because, I mean, almost everybody, I feel like, has... Uh, but especially if you're a fan of ours and seen some of because we've talked about some obscure films and I know a lot of you have even seen those obscure films. So you've probably seen the uh, the mega hit draws. Oh, and one other thing. In 2001, it was the Library of Congress uh, archived it at National Film Registry um, because of its historic significance and value to the cinema that it is in the Library of Congress now. But so... A uh, brief synopsis here is uh, a young woman is killed by a shark while skinny dipping near the town of the tourist town of Amity Island. Uh, it's in New England. And so police chief Martin Brody, who was played by the great Roy Scheider, uh, wants to close the beaches. Obviously, somebody's attacked by a shark. I mean, seems it's the most logical thing to do, close the beach. I mean, it happens here. I live in Rhode Island, and, you know, beaches are 40 minutes away, but I used to live, like, on the beaches, basically, and uh, it happens from time to time. They'll just have to close the beach because there's a shark sighting. So, uh, yeah, totally, totally um, normal response. So the mayor, Larry Vaughn, played by the great Murray Hamilton, uh Overrules him, or is like, no, we're not going to close it um, because, you know, being the mayor of a tourist town, and I like, like I said, I've lived in some of these towns, uh, the towns like this. Um, the loss of the tourist revenue will 
cripple the town and cripple the the town's economy because you know these people come in they for the beach but they stay a week you know they rent a beach house and they eat eat at the local restaurants shop at the local markets everything it's a big it's a big deal to them uh it was when i lived in narragansett rhode island it was a, that's the summertime that's where they make their money uh you know in the winter people move away and it's uh, it's more of just a college town with kids renting out the beach houses over the winter because in the summer then they're getting like two thousand dollars a week just for these homes because they're on the beach so you know, I get where he's coming from, but somebody's attacked by a shark. You at least close the close the beach for a little while, man. It's uh, yeah. it's a little crazy not to. Um, so then we're introduced to the ichthyologist Matt Hooper, played by uh, Richard Dreyfuss, who's so good in this. I mean, everybody's great in this, um, but Richard Dreyfuss and his grizzled ship captain. Quint, played by the great Robert Shaw, offered to help Brody capture and kill Killer Beast. And the uh, the three of them now engage in an epic battle of man versus beast, or man versus nature. And this is that's when the movie real. I mean, it's great throughout. The movie really picks up this point. It's you know, like I said, you you, you just got this sort of yeah. They're hunting him, but he's hunting the Pajaws is hunting them type. It, it's just it, it's tense and just all the emotions and it's just. It's so good, guys. I, I mean, I can't say enough good things about this film. It's it's just, I, I rewatched it in the knowing, because I try to do that if I can with all this, all our episodes, you know, re, rewatch pretty close to it. And it's like, as, I'll go a ways without watching this movie. And I always say it's great, but I forget how great it is until I rewatch it. And then once I rewatch it, I'm just like, God. That was so fucking good. It, it just everything about this. It just uh, a classic, classic film. And uh, yeah, that's what I got for our brief synopsis. So it, it's funny because it it is absolutely it's and there are other movies like this, but there's not a lot of movies like this that I I can and I'm sure you feel the same way. I can go back and watch it. And I love it as much as I did the first time I watched it. it, it every time, and yep. it's it, it stands up. Uh, obviously, the special effects aren't what they are today, but it's you don't even see that because it everything about this movie is is just so freaking perfect. It's awesome. I a hundred percent agree. All right. Well, so I have some fun slash interesting facts about the stuff that happened around the filming of the movie. But I'm going to start with one maybe not fun fact, maybe a sad fact, maybe whatever fact, but a super interesting fact. Have you heard about the lady in the Dunes murder? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. So, for those who haven't, in 1974, uh, the body of a woman was discovered in July, and she was nearly decapitated. Both of her hands were cut off, she was naked and decaying. Her clothes were folded neatly next like, by her body. She was posed, so she was not left as she was. She was literally posed. And then under her head was a blue bandana. Now, why I'm bringing that up 
is she, uh, at just shy of an hour into the movie, is seen as an extra. It's believed she was seen, I should say, as an extra in the film. She fit the description. She looked like the composite drawings. And in the movie, she was wearing the blue bandana. Now, it's believed that this is one of the last times that she was actually seen. And Jaws being filmed around the time that she would have gone missing and been killed. It's probable. Wow. So, as you were telling that, it was like... I, 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 I was getting a vague memory, but I don't... I think it was more of a confirmation bias type of thing. Because that is really, really interesting. And... Very wild. Wow. Because you had the Lady of the Dune, you know, fame, if you're from around here or in, into sort of that, the darker stuff and stuff, you probably heard the story, um, you know, happening by province to P-Town. And um, wow, that's really, I mean, it's sad. Don't get me wrong, but it's very yeah. interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. Let's, we're going to move on to Less sad facts. We're going to move on to some of the, the fun and interesting stuff that happened around this film. Now, it was the first major movie to be filmed on the ocean. And this is at the urging of Steven Spielberg. It, granted, it did end up being a cause of a lot of issues that they ended up having. But nonetheless, it was a great decision. I agree. I mean, it's I, I, I know a little bit about this and I know it ended up you know, adding to the final total of this movie and, you know, it kept, the, it kept increasing, increasing, but just overall, what a great decision to do it. At no point does it ever feel like just, uh, and, and cause it, at the time it was made where see, like you, you, you've touched on earlier, special effects, maybe not as good and stuff. It never felt like it was like in a studio or in, you know what I mean? In a, on a sound stage, it always felt real and gave it, you know, added a sort of a menacing feel to it just because the ocean is so open and so broad and so much not understood. And then to be really on it, yeah, it added another, another, you know, like I said, menacing type thing. So it's what a good choice. I mean, I'm very glad that he stuck to his guns on that and, and, and did it. Now, there was one scene, one water scene that was filmed in a pool. But they had to do that for lighting and color and so on. And it was the scene where they, they were diving and then they found the boat and then the head kind of comes out of the, the... Yeah, so there was that part. But everything else was in the water. I mean, in the ocean. Obviously, everything was in the water. Sure. All right. <laughs> now, do you know that Steven Spielberg was friggin' 26 years old when he directed this movie? <laughs> I feel like garbage about myself when I read stuff like that. I'm like, what have I done? I'm like 40 now and I've done nothing. I'm not interesting. I'm not, yeah, I don't understand it. Yeah, it makes me sad. It was like I used to, I remember being when I was like 20 or 21 and Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl and he was like 23 or 24. And I'm just like, what have you done, Tom? I mean, this guy's 24, a world champion, and you're, oh, God, yeah, that makes me sad. <laughs> Steven Spielberg was not the first choice to direct this movie, although he ultimately would be the best choice to direct this movie. Uh, the first choice to direct this movie was a man, and I'm already laughing, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, you're gonna hear the name, and you're gonna know why I'm laughing. His name was Dick Richards. Yep, 
let that process for a second. It's fine. <laughs> I'm a toddler. <laughs> and so is Tom, because Tom's laughing too, so he's also a toddler. It's fine. <laughs> oh, it, it, that reminds me of the anchor, news anchor around here. His name, um, or at least the name he goes by on camera, Dick Johnson. <laughs> that's such a weird place to me like my name's richard and you know what my last name's johnson it's already you know <laughs> genitalia like let's go by dick too it's fine <laughs> it's fine um, dick richards oh god richard richard all right <laughs> i i digress <clears throat> dick <laughs> Sorry, in a meeting. <laughs> I know, sorry. It'll get better, I promise. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Richards, um, that's not any better. He had a meeting to which he was going to, to which he talked about the opening scene that he had planned for this marvelous masterpiece that we all have come to know and love. And it would start in the water almost like the, like the, the perspective of the predator and i'm saying the predator for a reason you'll get it in a second no then he would come up out of the water and he would show the town the little peaceful town and then it, it would turn and then all of a sudden you would see the predator a menacing whale and i can't so and he so he, it was basically said that um they told him that they were not filming moby dick and they did not want to work with someone who didn't know the difference between a whale and a shark. <laughs> so I read a little bit about this one. And uh, yeah, apparently after the first time he was corrected, he just continued to call it whale. Uh, like, even though he was correct. And like, so, oh God, <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's, I don't even know. I like. I can't. I can't imagine being presented with the opportunity. And obviously, back then they didn't know what the movie was going to be. But like to be presented with an opportunity like that, and then just be like, no, but it's a whale. No, but but it's but it's not. <laughs> They're not the same thing. <sighs> All right. Now, uh, during the filming of Jaws, multiple like fake sharks were used, animatronic or just you know body structures or whatnot. There were some technical issues because of the salt water. Some of the mechanics really didn't like the some of the mechanics inside the shark. Shark didn't like them. Um, some of them were made out of like neoprene and they were swelling and sinking and just really not doing too great in the water. But um, these sharks were uh, funnily named Bruce after Steven Spielberg's lawyer, uh, which is very funny to me. Yeah, never heard that. What's like that. really fun. What's really fun on top of that is if you have seen Finding Nemo, I don't know if you have, obviously you're listening to a horror podcast, but I love Finding Nemo. The shark in that is named Bruce. The great white is named Bruce after the shark used in Jaws. Interesting. Very interesting. Right? Now, Jaws won three Oscars. They won Best Film Editing, Best Original Sound, and Best Dramatic Score. What's really funny about that is when that that cello sound that like lets you know Jaws is coming that you're about to die. That when that was presented to Spielberg, he kind of laughed it off and was like, "Well, where's like the rest of it?" Thankfully, he trusted 
and he kept it because obviously he was seeing it not coupled with the amazing shark stuff. He was just hearing it as a sound, but together, that is what Jaws is. Uh, yeah. Oh God, it's so iconic. I mean, I couldn't imagine the film without without that. That's you know, Jaws is kind of, it, it, it signifies the danger, the menace, the whatever, and. I mean, it's iconic. I mean, I remember as a kid, you, you know, swimming with friends, either at the beach or in a pool or something and making that noise to, to mess with each other. Dun, dun. And God, we were like six and it just in, I didn't know the movie that well, but knew the sound. Everybody knew that it just, that is Jaws. I, oh God, thank God he kept that in. Woo. I don't know if it'd be yeah. the same movie. Now, one <laughs> one one thing that was really amusing too is initially um, the plan was not to use or maybe not as much use animatronic or fake sharks but the thought was passed around to maybe try and train some real great whites. Um, needless to say they don't like that yeah. <laughs> and that's not a good idea. So they did not, thankfully they did not no, I don't believe anyone died in the process of attempting that so that's a good thing. Like, who thought that was a good idea? Yeah, let's just, uh, you know, shark, Probably shark like dogs. Let's let's just train it, you know? Yeah. Like, that's insane. It <laughs> feels like it might have been a Spielberg thought, honestly. And that's not an insult. He is he is go big or go home. And, I, and obviously, that's what we all love about him. Um, I feel like that might have been a Spielberg idea. So, Jeez. Wow. Thank God they didn't do no. that. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Now, a fun thing that also happened behind the scenes is uh, you remember Mrs. Kittner, the woman who lost her son um, Alex mm -hmm. to a shark attack. There was a point where she runs into Brody on the dock. There's some conversation, and then she she slaps someone, and she slaps him a good one. It's that's something that's a scene you feel. That's a scene that sticks in your head because you understand why she slapped him, and Brody. It, he accepted it because you know what in his head he did deserve it and it, it was such a powerful scene it's so funny to say that but it really was such a powerful scene now mrs kittner was played by lee fierro i apologize if i'm saying that name wrong she apparently couldn't convincingly pull off a fake slap <laughs> so uh she <laughs> really slapped him uh like good uh numerous times it's actually uh roy scheider has gone on record saying that it took about 17 takes of um lee fierro <laughs> clocking them one really good to the point where one time she acted actually knocked his glasses clear off his face wow that's it's that's funny um i will say you know i've taken some stage combat and you know film combat class slaps can be tough but god okay poor guy 17 slaps god i mean his ears must have been ringing after that <laughs> i almost wonder i guess i guess for the scene it, it, it could have hurt the scene and i understand why but i'm almost a little shocked that they didn't use the take where she knocked the glasses clear off his face right that i mean but you would think, unless it didn't film right or something, but that, that seems like the one you would want to go with. Yep, same. So now we're going to go, we're going to talk about some ad-lib scenes, which are some of the best parts of movies a lot of the time. The iconic, you're going to need a bigger boat, was ad-lib by Roy Scheider. It was not planned, um, but 
just yeah, completely all naturally done by Roy Scheider, which is the most one of the most iconic quotes in the whole scene. There's a part where Quint says this. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote you what quote what Quint says, and then I'm gonna tell you the inspiration behind it. He says, "Here lies the body of Mary Lee, who died at the age of 103. For 15 years, she kept her virginity. Not a bad record for this vicinity." <laughs> right? right, great quote. Now, what's really funny is that was actually inspired. Uh, Robert Shaw was in Ireland. And he saw a tombstone, and so this is where he got this from. It's a rough interpretation of what, you know, what he saw there. But I'm going to read you the real tombstone, because it's, it's not something you're going to not want to hear. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, R.I.P., in loving memory, there lies the form of Mary Charlotte. Born a virgin, died a harlot. For ten long years, she kept her virginity which is almost a record in this vicinity, 1560 to 1585. That is a couple things really super messed up about that. The fact that 10 is a record. I don't know if that's a record for low or a record for high, um, but that is a really messed up tombstone when you think about it. And it's real. I looked it up. I, you know, fact checked it as best I could. And it seems to be a real thing. Jeez. (laughs) Now, another ad lib, not a complete ad lib, but a slight change to a line in the movie where they are, this this scene is probably one of my favorite in any movie I've ever seen. The scene where they're in the lower deck of the boat and they're drinking and they're showing scars and, you know, Brody looks at his little, his little, uh, <laughs> his little appendix scar and, um, but when Hooper opens the, you know, the buttons on the top of his shirt and, you know, shows his hairy little chest and, and he points. He goes, you see that right there? And then and he looks and he goes, oh, Mary Ellen Moffat, she broke my heart. And he, oh my god, that's the funniest friggin' thing. And when I was little, I didn't 100% get that, but like, I, as I watch that as an adult, and have watched it numerous times as an adult, that's one of my favorite things ever said in that movie because it's so funny. But what's really funny is, that was not the name that was supposed to be said. Oh. No. Mary Ellen Moffat was actually a young woman who was vacationing on the vineyard that summer who had become friends with some of the cast. It's believed, possibly, that someone had a little bit of a crush. And that's why he said it. And she did not know he said it until the movie was out. Oh, that's interesting. I never knew that. Very cool. Right? Yeah, very cool. Now, um, just to wrap up, the kind of um, just to wrap up that kind of stuff. Another fun thing is uh, Jeff Voorhees. If you don't know that name, that is the boy who played Alex Kenter, the boy who died and mom slapped Brody seventeen plus times. Um, he owns a seafood restaurant, and on the menu there is an Alex Kenter sandwich. Now, uh, Lee Fierro happened to go into this restaurant at some point in time saw the Alex Kinter sandwich, said something to the person waiting on on her that, oh, I played his mom, and out from the back comes Alex Kinter to be reunited with his movie mom. And it's that's a cool little side fact, but... I love that. I I, had actually, I read that not long ago um, about the article or something, and uh, 
I loved it. It's just a good story. Like a heartwarming sort of, I like that yeah. story. But I think that's all I got. I think that's all I got for the fun facts. And you got anything else to add? No, I don't think so. Oh, well, um, that scene where they're blow boat and they're drinking and everything like that. And I think a lot of people know this. Um, uh, they were supposedly really drinking alcohol and uh, got pretty, pretty shit-faced during, during the filming of that scene. But, I mean, it ended up... Normally, I'd be like, eh, because, you know, you're an actor. You should be able to act like you're drunk. But that scene is so iconic and everything. I I, I think it might have been the right right choice. Although, like, I've heard that some of the, the actors don't really remember a good chunks of that night and were very hungover the next day and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the only fact I, I kind of really knew. But... I don't have anything else. No, same. Just if, if for whatever reason, if you have just uh, joined the human race from the rock or cave you have been living in and you haven't seen this movie, go see this movie, rent it, buy it, own it, whatever. Go see it because it's fantastic. A hundred percent. Yeah, you got to see this if you haven't. But all right. Well, that's it. Crazy. Um. Thanks for joining us, guys, and make sure to check out our very special episode next week. Oh, I can't wait for this. So until then, sweet dreams. Bye. Thanks, guys. As always, thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out to your hosts by email at scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Be sure to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications wherever you get your podcasts. If we haven't scared you away yet, you're our kind of people. So check under your bed and keep your feet under the covers if those closet doors shut. <laughs> Until next week, my friends.